My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. Welcome back to our podcast. We're excited about this episode because we get to honor some people that are um, near and dear to us, but dear to millions of people because of this case and the wonderful media people that have um, that have shared this story so many times. People will notice on the title that we had a hard time deciding how to word the title. Do we say who are Tylee, JJ, and Charles, or who were? Obviously, they've passed. They were murdered tragically. Tammy was also. We just didn't know Tammy, so we can't honor her the same. Right. Uh, but want to acknowledge that. So, and, and Brandon was shot at, almost killed. So there's that. Like we talked about about this this whole thing, there's a huge onion. And every time we talk about one thing, Rex, I feel like we're peeling back onion after onion. It just it just it never ends. And then you have to acknowledge just so many different happens because there. there's so much to talk about. Exactly, there is. But this is one of the uh, happier subjects we have to talk about in these podcasts. Uh, Tylee, JJ, and Charles. It's tragic that we're remembering them um, post-mortem, but uh, we are happy to talk about them. What's what's a good memory you have of Tylee? Tylee, when she was younger, uh, she was uh, she was something else. She was a, a firecracker. Well. <laughs> Um, I love to uh, kiss on kiss Ty- Tylee's cheeks, and Tylee wasn't having it. So I remember uh, as a kid, uh, Tylee, I would kiss Tylee's cheek, and she goes, "Bubby, stop that!" And I was like, "Okay, you want me to take the kiss off?" She goes, "Yes." I was like, "Okay." So she put her cheek out, and I would kiss her again to take the kiss <laughs> off. And then everybody would be like, "Tylee, you know he just got two kisses, right?" <laughs> and she goes, "Bubby, why did you do that?" <laughs> So, um, Tylee was so, sometimes people perceived her as harder on the outside, but she was a a real soft, sweet spirit on the inside. And as she got older into her teenage years, she really grew into a a spectacular person. And, uh, we've had some really good conversations about all kinds of things. And (laughs) I would love to try to make her laugh. So we would have family you know, get togethers and I would play games with, with like Tylee and our other cousin, Austin and just different people. And during the game, I remember just saying just crazy stuff and Tylee would just literally start crying laughing because of the stupid things that I would say. So, um, I, I, I miss Tylee, um, a bunch. And the last time I saw Tylee alive, uh, I've I've told a few people this story, but um, she was at my mom's house when I found out that Charles was killed, and um, me and my son Zach walked in to the house, and Tylee was there, and at the time I didn't know what was going on. I in my mind and my heart I felt like Charles was murdered, so. Um, the story that they went with was that uh, Tylee had a baseball bat and was going to hit Charles or try to hit Charles, and Charles took the baseball bat away from her and was going like this to Tylee. And that's why Alex shot Charles. That was the story. I didn't buy it from from the get-go. I didn't buy that story. 
So when I walked in and I saw Tylee there, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if she was involved in it. I didn't know what was happening. She was standing there crying and she was talking to my mom. And as me and Zach stood there, because me and Zach came there to talk to my mom about what just happened with Charles. Why has he been dead three days and nobody's called us and told us? So in my mind, I think everybody's involved in it because I was left out in the cold not knowing any of this. So I walked in blindsided, not knowing. Tylee's crying. My mom's trying to calm Tylee down and talking to Tylee. As me and Zach are sitting in the living room waiting for my mom, Tylee and my mom were in the kitchen, and they walked right past us. And I'm looking at Tylee. I want to say something to Tylee, but my mom keeps talking to Tylee. And Tylee keeps, you know, she's crying. She's looking. And um, I felt my my gut feeling was is that Tylee wanted to tell me something. And as she walked to the end of the hallway, as I was just watching, and I didn't say a word, um, she stopped, and then my mom was talking to her, and then my mom walked her to the door, and then Tylee got in her Jeep and left. Never got to say a word to her. And then my mom came back in and screamed at me and Zach for not saying anything to Tylee. Do you know what that little girl has been through? I didn't know what was happening, but now that all this stuff has come out, um, I feel like if I could go back, I would have just stopped everything and just, Tylee, tell me what happened just so I could hear her say it. Even if she was trying to protect Lori and saying what Lori told her to say or whatever it was, I would have loved that opportunity to be able to see her face and have her tell me that so I can make a decision for myself what actually happened. So I do regret that day. Well, thank you for sharing that story. But so much for the happy memory. You Sorry. went right to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you went right from the happy memory to that, but we do uh, remember Tylee, of course, very fondly. Wouldn't you say she was just the right combination as a teenager of sassy, sweet, and um, super smart? Was she smart? Super yes. smart. She sassy, was sassy, sweet, super and smart. smart. Yeah, and it's you know teenager. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, you can't you can't really. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. I jumped right into it. I was so excited to talk about them. I was supposed to introduce us because someone coming to the podcast for the first time, who are these guys talking about these people? Yeah. Um, Adam is Tylee's uncle. Yep. I'm Tylee's great uncle. I'm Adam's uncle. I'm Tylee and JJ's great uncle. In our family, we call me Grunkle Rex for great uncle. Mm -hmm. We just put those together. So I'm Grunkle Rex. Notice we're introducing ourselves, our relation to Tylee, not to Lori. Mm-hmm. We're related to Lori. We aren't disassociating that. We aren't trying to to hide that. But we like bringing memory to Tylee and JJ. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where that's where we like the focus to be. Um, we we recognize what Lori did and and are as sickened at least as everybody else, if if not more, with that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about JJ a little bit. And it's tough to talk about JJ without first acknowledging the role that Kay and Larry, JJ's grandparents, played in this whole scenario. We attribute them very appropriately um, as being the ones that got the ball rolling when they called for the uh, welfare check on Tylee and JJ. Otherwise, who knows 
how long it would have been. Who knows what the outcome would have been? Who knows how many more people would have died if finally media and law enforcement joined in to try to find missing children. So we always appreciate Kay and Larry for that, but Adam's going to give us some insight as there's another person involved in that. Well, you know, Brandon Boudreaux was married to my niece, Melanie, and Brandon uh, played a, he played a a big role in this. Um, His marriage was, was wrecked because of, of Lori, in in my opinion. Um, And we'll talk more about that later, but um, Brandon is the one that really was, hey, where are the kids, you know, kind of thing. And Lori was just lying about, you know, the kids were here or the kids were there or whatever. So Brandon actually called Kay and Larry and said, hey, have you heard from JJ? I mean, and Lori would always have some kind of excuse. Kay would say every time she called to try to talk to JJ, Lori had an excuse of where he was or what he was doing. And so Brandon then was like, hey, we need to, you guys should call the police or something's got to be done. So Brandon actually told Kay, you should start doing this. And then that's when Kay and Larry just started like on a roll of trying to figure out where, where JJ and Tylee were. So, but with Kay, let's go back to Kay. Kay's been in the news a lot. She's always, uh, you know, talking to the reporters about things. And Larry. And Larry. He's, he's kind of become the face. Kay likes to be off to the side a little bit. Yeah. But- she certainly isn't a wallflower <laughs> by any stretch. Right, very strong, but uh, you know, you know, and, th- and they've been in the front of this whole thing trying to get justice for Tylee and JJ as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when Charles was dead, and we and I just found out on that Saturday. I was at my friend Eric's house, and he had Googled Charles's name, and that said that you know. Charles's brother-in-law killed uh, uh, Charles, and he was dead. And I was—I've talked about this before. Where I was in shock. I was at my friend's Eric's Eric's house. We were in his in his room with his whole family, and we all found out together. My son Zach was there, and it was like a punch to the gut. I remember just bawling, crying, and my stomach was in knots. And I thought, "What in the world is happening? How could Alex kill Charles?" And I started going on all these things. I'm like, "Well, if they got in a fight, why didn't you just shoot him in the foot?" Why did he shoot him and kill him? That doesn't make any sense. So I had my own, at that point, I had my own thing. So I literally called Kay, that from Eric's bedroom. And I was like, um, did you, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, Charles is dead. She goes, yeah, we just found out. Kay, Kay had just found out. I guess Lori or somebody reached out to Kay or I don't know how she, but she said, we just found out. And at that point, I was like, what happened? And so I think that Kay, at that point, was suspicious of me because I was part of this family. And so she didn't know what to say to me. And I was like, what is going on? And I told Kay, I think Lori and Alex murdered Charles. And she was like, I do too. So at that moment, we both had a connection. So... Kay and I started talking from that point forward about Charles's case and about what actually happened and what people believed happened and what really happened. And then from that point forward, um, I remember talking to Kay one night. Uh, she was in her house, and I think they live in Louisiana. 
and she was describing her house as she's got this huge living room with a huge window. And one night we were talking and I was like, I'm scared that Alex may come try to kill you or me or I don't know what he's capable of. I don't know what their plan is. Like we both kind of had that discussion and she goes, well, I, you know, we have a big window here and I look out the window all the time and I don't want to be standing in front of the window because Alex could come by and shoot. And I did the same thing. I was living in Kansas and I checked my door all the time. I, I looked outside. Both of us were worried that Alex was going to kill us. We, Kay and I had that in common, even though we really in the back of our mind, back of my mind, I was like, Alex has no reason to kill me there. There you, you can't get any money from me. You're not getting insurance money from me. So when I think of Kay, I think of she's been through a lot. Kay and Larry, both of them, they've been through a lot. They gave Lori and Charles JJ uh, to, to raise. And, um, and Kay will talk about how great of parents Charles and Lori were to JJ mm-hmm. until Lori made this, this change. That is just compelling. I think all of us appreciate getting the insight from that story. A little bit off our our topics for today, but um, I think a very important part of the story and people in the comments, by the way, comments, please keep the comments coming. Uh, we haven't read all of them. We haven't gotten to all of them, but one, one comment is, are you going to have Kay and Larry on the show? And yes, they have agreed to come on the show. We just have to work out the timing and and, uh, of course, we want them on the show. We're going to ask Brandon to come on the show. Yes. Um, he's, you know, going through legal stuff himself, or not himself, but his situation. Yeah. Of course, that's so I don't know how much you'll be able to talk. But like we talked about before, show. about this show and about we just want to help people try to make sense of this. And because the story is so bizarre and it's so unheard of and there's so many different layers to this onion that every time we peel back an onion, there's something else that comes out that you probably want to know about to help make sense of this. Because sometimes it, it things just keep popping up and you're like, well, who's this person? What is it? What were they doing? And what all the, there's so much. There is, there is. And we, we won't be able to get all of the detail in and, and everything we even want to. That's why we're writing a book. We'll be able to get more into that. Yeah. Um, but even with writing a book, that doesn't mean we have answers or that people we will have conclusions. We just want to share as much as we can to help as many people as we can that are going through what we're going through. And that's mm-hmm. trying to make sense of it all, trying to heal, trying to heal from it. So let's go back to talking about about the people involved. We talked a little bit about Tylee. What's a good memory you have of JJ? <laughs> JJ just cracks me up. <laughs> um, you know, having autism, and some of you listening right now have kids that have autism, and you know it can be very challenging. JJ, he grew, he went from not even, you know, speaking or um, just having a really hard time with everything to just being a full functional kid that loved to play. He loves going to airports. <laughs> he... uh Charles told me one time that JJ had Charles traveled a lot and uh, JJ packed his uh, suitcase 
and was ready to go to the airport. So tar- Charles sometimes would just drive JJ to the airport, walk around the airport, <laughs> so JJ believed that he was going to fly somewhere, and he would have a suitcase with him full of stuff. Um, but gosh, he he was such a a, a bright light. That little kid was um, always smiling, always happy, um, and um, I don't know. There's just there, I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> we love we love the memories and and sharing the memories. I think Can Larry, of course, will have memories on on JJ too. So I'll defer yeah. any more to them. You know, it's so tragic that the children were killed. It's also a tragedy the adults were were killed too. Mm-hmm. And while people that are familiar with the case um, know Charles's name, but not very many people know much about Charles because that hasn't come out in this. How would you characterize Charles just as a person? Uh, Charles, <clears throat> loud Louisianan. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> uh, but I'm loud too. So me and Charles got along great. Um, uh, Charles, uh, he was he was um, happy. He was a conservative. He loved talking to me about you know all the conservative things that are going on in the world, and um, he he loved to do yoga. He made a steak every night. He would be on a grill making a steak. I remember one time my my son Zach and Colby, uh, Lori and, and Charles' uh, son, well Lori's son, um, were in the pool. And Charles was out, you know, normal making a steak, and he had turned the he had turned the the charcoal on, and then turned the gas thing on, and threw the match in. Well, when he threw the match in, the fire went up and blew up in Charles's face, burned off all of his eyelashes and all of his eyebrows, and Zach and uh, and then he started just going crazy. And <laughs> Zach and uh, Colby were telling me they every time they tell me the story, they they start crying laughing because they were in the water, not knowing that he knew that they were there. They were just cracking up. But uh, Charles is a big Dallas Cowboy fan. He loved well, he loved f- football uh, until people didn't stop standing uh, for the for the uh, flag, and then he'd stop watching football. So he, he was very opinionated. Um, and he was always, you know, Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Um, he was nice to Lori. Uh, every time I saw him, uh, it seemed like him and Lori had a good marriage. And so, um, and he, he joined the church and, um, he told me that he had a testimony and he loved the church. And, um, from where he came from, that was a huge step in his life, he said. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Yeah. You talked a little about his background. He is an athlete, too, if yeah. you want to call ball players athletes. Yeah, he played baseball, right? <laughs> Which we do. And yeah. semi-pro? Semi-pro baseball. Yeah. And that comes to play in the story, too, with... The bat. Yep, the and bat and... Al getting hit in the head. Yeah, and peop, uh, many people say, and um, I believe him, if Charles would have hit Alex in the head, he with would have had a little bump. Yeah. Wouldn't have had a little yeah. bump. Yeah, so, up. yeah, a lot of people bring that up as well, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I just I really enjoyed Charles. Um, every time I saw him, we had a we had a we had a really good time. You know, I I have a few memories of Charles, and one of course, Lisa and I, my wife, stayed with uh, Charles and Lori when we went were visiting Hawaii one time, and we went from the airport to the church because they were having an activity. The church Lori was in charge of it, and there was JJ there, and. 
JJ had like super upper body strength, super strength, yet he had this autism with special needs, incredibly high energy, mm-hmm. and he would go around dismantling things. He was like a mini Hulk. And with this super <laughs> strength, it was his stuff. Yeah. He could dismantle anything. Yeah. And so he had to have eyes on him when he was awake constantly, every second. And with Lori being in charge of the activity, most of that fell to Charles. And Charles, and and this was true for our entire visit when we stayed with him, incredibly patient with him, just very willing to to parent him, to be responsible, to teach him to be responsible the best he could. And sometimes he'd pass that off to Lori. I know people say, well, Lori couldn't have been a great mom if she had evil in her heart, you know, and later killed him. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that comment. But from what I actually witnessed, they were both tremendous parents. And let's not leave Charles at, you know, we talk about Lori because she's part of the case. Yeah. Well, they're both part of the case, but she is on trial. Yeah. They both exhibited that just as parents, just dedicated uh, to JJ and Tylee. Tylee being a teenager, you know, was a teenager and has, that's challenging for any teenager, any parents. They were both tremendous for both of them from our observations. We didn't get to see into their hearts. <laughs> Right. what they're thinking, but our observations were were that. So I just admired him to no end and just laugh, not belly laugh, but I was always amused, always entertained by Charles being as opinionated as he was, yes. conservative as he was. Mm-hmm. It was always fun to listen to him. He didn't rant like no one was around and and... I'm just saying what was on his mind, but he was definitely opinionated, and that was very, very enjoyable. Yeah. So we talked about Tylee. We talked about JJ. We talked about Charles. Um, Tammy, on the other hand, I never met Tammy. I didn't know Chad or Tammy, um, but they're also part of the story. Mm -hmm. And we hope to have a guest on. Um, We've been in contact with that can tell us a little bit more about Tammy because we like to acknowledge. All the victims, and there are many more than the ones that are that have been murdered. Mm-hmm. But we want to acknowledge the ones that were murdered. It's such a tragedy. It's such a key part of this. And the silver lining to bring out from that is, we can remember as anyone departs, we can remember the good part of them. But it it's such a tragedy when people are when people had, are murdered. You know, and the rest of that life is taken away from and. But it does give us more of an opportunity for an outpouring of love for their family members. We've experienced that. You and I have. And, and you know, we weren't their parents. I mean, we weren't on the complete inner circle. Um, but the love that's shared for something like that, the way it brings people together, to me, is a silver lining of the whole the whole scenario. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about this story with, with um, the kids being killed, Charles being killed, Tammy being killed, um, and Brandon being shot at, almost killed, you figure like, who, what kind of plan was this? And why are these people, the people that were involved of, why was Tylee killed? Why was JJ killed? Why was Charles and Tammy killed? And you hear a lot of people have their own 
thoughts of why this actually happened. And you were in court. You got to see evidence and hear all these things that were presented. Um, but the, my question to you is, um, as they were alive in, in this situation, is there anything that, could, that they could have seen coming? Or that they could have, you know, been more cautious of, or, or any of that. I, I just, I don't know how that, you know. Yeah, I don't know, but I'll give you give you one hint. Again, this is public public knowledge. On a phone call, um, I can't remember who Lori was talking to. It may have been Melanie. Get who knows. Um, but she said, well, and Tylee's dark also. And Tylee was there. She was leaving to go somewhere. She said, oh no, mom, not me. And um, we heard from a friend of Tylee's that Tylee was scared. And I believe Tylee knew that if her mom was talking about her being dark, she is in danger. I believe that. I don't know that, of course. I'm not in Tylee's mind either. Right, right, right. Um, <coughs> Charles knew that, that, I mean, Lori talked about murdering Charles to Charles. That's another comment we can bring up now. At least we can handle one, one of the comments. People said... Well, Adam, if you knew that Lori was planning to kill Charles, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you go to law enforcement? Well, first of all, um, Lori's experience to law enforcement at that time, she talked to him. Law enforcement didn't do anything with her. And how could they? I'm not, I'm not blaming law enforcement for that, but how could they do something at that point when she hadn't done anything? But um, I'll, I'll let you address that in a, in a second. But the people that... Um, I, I don't think JJ, I don't know about Tammy. I would suspect um, she may have suspected something, but how do you how do you wrap your hands around I think someone's trying to kill me? Right. Well, the thing about that is I heard that in my opinion, you know, she she said that somebody took a shot at her with a paint gun or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Tam we're talking Tammy. Now. Tammy. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that was Alex. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what the evidence showed. Yeah. And so she knew somebody took a shot at her. And Chad, I think, had talked about that his wife was going to die early and he's told other people all that stuff, too. So um, I just I, I just I, I the reason I'm asking is because I felt for myself, like somebody had mentioned, what could what could I have done different? How could I have stopped this? What could I have done as the brother? watching this go down and I remember telling my mom and dad Lori is sick there's something wrong with her we got to get her help and they said to me Lori is a grown woman you cannot force her to go to a therapist she's living in some kind of delusion and just let her be that's what I was told I believe they said she's not doing any harm. Good heaven, she's going to the temple five hours a day and reading her scriptures the rest of the day. Right, and so that was their perception of Lori. So when people say, well, why didn't you do anything? Or if you know, I mean, I did say stuff to people. Could I don't know what else to do. Charles told the police officer in front of his house, my wife is crazy. She said she's going to kill me. Nobody took any of that serious. Mm -hmm. So... I know it's a lot to it's a, it's a lot to take in, but it's another layer of the onion, but isn't I, it? Yeah, there's because there's so much things that you look back at it and like, you know, my whole thing is if the police in Chandler 
would have investigated Charles's death more, like they found out later that he was executed because there was another shot in the... If they would have done that at the beginning, and then people say that all the time, if they mm-hmm. would have done that at the beginning, Alex would have been in jail. Lori would have been in jail. Chad would have been off trying to find another girl to try to marry and try to be part of his group, right? And the kids would be alive. There's scenarios that people talk about that all the time. Yeah, and I'm I'm of the camp that I would like to hear from law enforcement because I try to envision how can you, you know, what was there at the time? Not being there, I don't know. I'm not too quick to judge law enforcement's failure. And I always go back to, well, if Chad and Lori just would have chosen not to murder people, right. they'd all be alive. No doubt. But so the, I don't want to. I well, wouldn't want to I pin it on law this. enforcement. I, I will say this with my experience: the last person to text Charles alive was me. Mm-hmm. Him and I were texting back and forth. The fight that Charles, that Lori said to the police officers, the fight was Charles. I took Charles's phone and I was going through his phone. They left the phone with Lori. Mm-hmm. The police did not even take the phone. They didn't call me. I had to call them three months later and said, "Are you ever going to talk to me?" Does anybody want to know my side of what happened? If you're investigating a murder and you see the or a, a killing, right? Why didn't they at least look and say, "Oh, well, this is the last person. That's, let's call. Let's call him and find out." Mm-hmm. Nothing. And they left the phone with Lori for hours and hours later. Days, I think. Days. Three days. So, I I don't want to blame anybody. I'm just saying there's a lot of people have this conversation. Yep that certain people would still be alive if this particular thing happened. Yeah. But, but like I said, with this onion, emotions, anger, uh, embarrassment, hurt, all these emotions that I have, uh, I, that's why we're doing this podcast, mostly for me to get therapy, I guess. This is my therapy. <laughs> well, we are out of time for this episode, but we are going to have some guests coming on uh, in future episodes of our podcast. Thanks for watching and let us know any anything that you want to know questions. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ Silver Linings at gmail.com. This has been a production from a podcast studio.